Pastor Bobby, we love you, brother. Thank you so much. I have my little bottle. I'll tell you the story of that thing. I went to preach a spirit word after the prophet had passed and went in the cloud. And, you know, I told you last night how I received the container, but it was almost empty. And then I went to the gift shop to buy some of the oil they had there to refill it back up again. And the lady who was working there, she began to just shake when she seen the container. And I said, can I please get some oil from Spirit Word so I can fill the container? And she dropped to her knees. And I'm like, well, you, you're not going to help me a whole lot. I mean, I just need one bottle. Can I get it myself? I'll just leave 100 rand on the counter. That'll, how are we going to do this? You know, when the Holy Spirit's in a place, you just got to know to learn how to adjust to the circumstance because you never know. I'm trying to pray last night, and they got a bunch of drunk people in a circle having a party, an after party that I started, and they just took over. I'm thinking, really, Jesus? Okay, oh, that's how you're going to play it. Well, next time I know, I'm bringing my recliner. Amen. I'll be laying out there with you in my pillow. And, and so she stands up, and she said, Prophet Bobby, she said, my son, he's older now, but ever since we've been coming to the church for 20 years or however it was, he said, Prophet's always been making his own oil. And he has them in glass bowls all over on the platform. And my son's job from a little bitty kid was after the service to go and gather all the leftover oil and pour it inside this glass container that Prophet had in his office. So he says about, you know, 30, 40 years of meetings that my son, every service he would go and go, even as a grown man, and gather the leftovers and pour it in this container. And she said the last service we did with Prophet whenever he was alive, when we poured the last bit in there, it filled the container to the top. And she said, we sealed it. And she said, they gave it to me. And they said, there'll be a day when a man will come. Needing oil to refill what I'm already filling. And here you are with this container. Needing the same oil that the only oil ever went in that container was this oil. Many, many revivals, many, many meetings, years upon years upon All this oil has been mixed in this container. She said, come back tomorrow, Alma. I have that container for you. And so that container's at my house. It's a big old glass container. And the, all that's in this container is for many, 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 many years. And when I was sitting there, God spoke to me. He said, next time you come, bring the container. And you must divide the all between you and this man of God right here. I said, God, you're going to take anything else from me? Anything else, Lord? I, thank God he don't wear my shoe size. Amen. I'm just like, Jesus, Jesus. I tried to put on my black boots that I wore for 12 hours of praying for y'all last night. And my feet told me, if you wear them boots, we're going to walk with somebody else. We're not, we're not, we're going to abandon ship on you, brother. So I said, well, praise God. Amen. But I, I'm very horrible at promoting myself, so please forgive me. But my wife and, and my son, Alex, in America, they always remind me that we do have a YouTube page. Uh, it's Prophet Bobby Leger. And if you would just go and subscribe, you didn't even got to like it. Just subscribe to it, you know. <laughs> People say, oh, you have to like it. I'm like, what if I don't like it? You know, and, uh, we're just trying to get it over 1,000 um, here. I've been neglecting it for years, and now God's really pushing me to move it. Uh, if God has touched you or given you a word through our ministry, we're gonna, here at the church, they're going to be setting up something about get a short testimony, or if you do it on your phone or whatever about the word and how it manifests it, whatever God has done. We want to start posting that on our YouTube page and posting it on our ministry page, amen, because it builds the faith. Yeah. I mean, there's so much false out there. Let's get the truth out there. Amen. And so um, the Lord woke me up again. Jesus don't sleep. You know, he just don't sleep. I'm laid up. My feet's all up high. I'm all up in the pillows. Just enjoying myself fighting the mosquitoes in my room. <laughs> it's okay because where I'm from, the mosquitoes are state bird. <laughs> Louisiana, mosquitoes kill cows, and that is a fact. That's a fact. I'm not fibbing. You can Google it. Cameron Parish, Louisiana, cows die from mosquito bites. That's why I don't go to Cameron Parish. If you, I don't eat no beef from Cameron Parish. But anyway, God woke me up and told me I missed something last night in the scripture. You ever, like, I, I drain the scripture. I mean, I drain that thing out. I pour every drop of juice, anointing, revelation. And I'm like, there you go, God. Now, now what? He's like, but you missed something. I'm like, oh, whatever. So in Genesis chapter 1, we're going to look again just for a few minutes. If you can bear with me. Genesis chapter 1. You ever wrote notes and you couldn't read them? Yeah. Ain't that a mess? I'm like, what were you trying to say, brother? What were you trying to... I blame it on the Holy Ghost, but, you know. Genesis chapter 1, if you don't know where Genesis is, then we know the problem. It's going to take more than prayer to get you through. It's going to take more than prayer to get you through, amen. 
Oh, my God, man. I had my son and my daughter here last night, man. Pray for them. They're going to another church, their church this morning. So we bless them. Y'all pray for me. I have to leave out of here. I have to fly out at 4 to go to Cape Town. I'm going to go suffer in Cape Town, you know. <laughs> I tell God, even if I'm not preaching, I'll be on the beach just laid up. I don't wear no Speedo. I ain't trying to hurt nobody. But anyway, <laughs> I had my shirt just laid up. And I went on the beach the last time in Cape Town. Their brother had a Speedo on. I'm like, what are you trying to hide? I mean, Jesus. Lord have mercy. Some things you ain't supposed to wear without some pants over it. White people. White people. You don't see brothers doing that. Just saying. Genesis. Y'all got me being messy already. We, we just trying to be nice. Trying to leave nice. My wife told me, oh my God, baby, you cut up last night. I said, look, baby, I was going to need the anointing. And it's just amazing that a man will say, I need the anointing. She said, no, but you do that all the time. I said, well, amen. I guess I'm just always anointed. <laughs> I got to make it right some kind of way. Y'all pray for my wife. She has to deal with this 24-7. Y'all just tolerate me once a year. She has to do this every day. That's a mighty woman of God. Amen. Uh, Genesis 1:28 has always really got my spirit and grabbed a hold of me. And this morning at 3.30, the Lord woke me up and said, look, let's look at this thing one more time, if you don't mind, son. Like, I'm going to tell him no. You know, I'm like... Yes, sir. And uh, I said, do I have to walk over there? Or can I just, you know, reach over and grab my little pad, ate me with my Bible? And 128 says, and God blessed them. And he said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish. Thank God that we can eat them fish. I don't know about y'all, but over here I like me some king clip. And I tear that brother up. And I say, hey. Get in the boat. You finna get in the ministry. You know, them big old uh, king prongs y'all got large. Y'all love me some ocean basket. Get myself hungry talking about it. I'm going to break my own fast. And the devil is a lie. <laughs> to my flesh, it's time to eat, brother. It's time to eat. And over the file of the air, you know, and everyone, everything. And some people in America, you know, they're all trying to be oh, pet friendly. That, we had a big thing here a few years ago where they were trying to stop the people from cutting down trees and they were hugging on the trees and they were crying for the tree and repenting to the trees and white people, of course, but you know, they were doing that. <laughs> just saying, I'm just, I'm not saying South African white people, but American white people, they are weirdos. I mean, just, and so it was a live stream thing they were doing. I mean, these people, they're like a hundred people in the woods just laid out, just hugging on the tree and just repenting to the tree and asking the tree to forgive it for all the carbon monoxide they've been re be releasing to hurt the ozone layer that's killing the tree and the tree's fighting, trying to absorb <gasps> as much carbon monoxide as it can, <sighs> releasing oxygen and we're just killing the tree, you know. And they act, you know, you don't ever live stream if you don't want me to comment on something that I'm watching. And they were live streaming and said, I'm repenting for the grass that you're killing, that you're laying on that grass. That poor grass that you killed walking to that tree. I don't know how you can do it. If you're going to hold a tree, what about the grass? Somebody got to stand in the gap for the grass. Oh, God, forgive us for smashing that. And I think that's the first time I got blocked. <laughs> my feed message wouldn't come up no more. I mean, I said, well, because my feed says Prophet Bobby Leger. You know, so I'm like, oh, Lord, not another one of them. You know, but here, you have to understand that whatever God says is the truth. The only thing people can do is have an opinion about you. <laughs> so the only thing that I shift or I change or I get emotional about is what God says about me. Amen. I don't give people the right to take my joy and take my peace and take my identity and who I am. I know who I am. I mean, people say, you're bold. No, or you're arrogant. No, I know who I am. I'm very confident in the God that I serve. I know who I was when I was lost. Come on now. If you said you were bad and you were going to fight me, I'd just go ahead and hit you first. Where it hurt, I'm too compact to be messing with two big people. And I just break a kneecap or something. I hit you in the grove. I mean, you fall forward, you're a man. That's how I know. And so if you're going to be confident in Christ, you have to believe whatever he says is the only truth over your life. Because people's opinions will change. But God's word would always stay the same. And when God woke me up this morning, he said, you know, I created your spirit man first. I said, yes, sir. I told the people that last night. You woke me up at 3.30 this morning to tell me what I already told the people that last night, Lord. Was you in the service, Lord? I told the people that last night, Lord. He said, yeah, but you missed the whole thing. He said, not only did I create them first, but I blessed them before they were ever wrapped in flesh. He said, I made you before you ever hit your daddy's loins. You was already in the spiritually created 
and I blessed you before you ever was able to get the flesh in you to lie about what God's already said about you. He said, I had to bless your spirit first before your flesh lied to you and called you broken, called you cursed, and called you every other thing that people call you. He said, before you ever were, I've already blessed you. That's why it doesn't matter what you say. I'm already blessed. God blessed me before I was ever wrapped in this flesh. Amen. I've already got something on the inside of me that nobody can take. My heavenly father, before my earthly father met my mother, said, you are blessed, son. Amen. The word blessed here, it means God invoked. And if you do a little study, I'm going to Hebrew and Greek. Amen. But the Jewish customs was for the father, when the son got to 13, to lay his hand on his head and invoke the blessing, speak the blessing over his life and give him some cattle and give him some sheep and give him everything he needed as a young man to become a man. And then he would go on his journey. When he came back from his journey, the father would run out there and meet him and got the whole party ready on the inside of the house. And then he would bring the young man back, and he, the young boy, and said he left as a boy, but now he returns as a man. That's what it means when God, they talk about the adoption. It wasn't that he was, didn't have a father or a mother. It's that he left one way and came back another and presented them as a man. He's a man now, amen. He has his own cattle. He has his own sheep. He's going to have his own wife. God's said, not only did I bless you in the spirit, but I laid my hand on your spirit. I caused the blessing to be attracted to you. There's nothing you can do about it. Isn't it good that God will put something on you and you can't change it and you can't neglect it? Even when you're a sinner, you can't be comfortable. You can't have no joy. Why? Because God's already prophesied something over your life. Even when you were lost, God already... God won't let the devil have his way first. God will speak before the devil even has an opportunity to know who you are. Hey, whoo, my God. Now, the word blessed here means God praised. Amen. He praised what he made. Isn't it good that God made everything and he, he laid back and said, oh, this is good. But when he made man, he said, it's very good. Come on now. All creation was good. But when God looked at you, he said, you are very good. Amen. So God already gave the approval to you, so don't, don't let nobody disqualify you, because God's already qualified you, so you can't be disqualified, amen? Mm. God blessed them. God praised what he made. The word blessed here means God imparted divine, supernatural power and ability. You can't say that you're not able to do, because before you were, God gave you the ability to do. He imported supernatural power. The heartbeat of every believer is God let the supernatural flow through my natural. I was worshiping Jesus one day at a church years ago. Had my hand up and we were singing Give God the Glory. You know that song? I know it because they sing that song for about an hour. I'm thinking I've been done with that song about 30 minutes, but y'all just keep on going ahead. And so when I'm done with something, I just start talking to God about it, you know. And thank God South Africans speak English because normally when I go to Mexico, all they speak is Spanish. Uh, when I go to the UK, I'm with a big Nigerian group there. They speak Nigerian, whatever that language is. And so it's rare that I get to understand the praise and worship. So I praise and worship in tongues a lot. Because I don't know what they're saying, but they don't know what I'm saying either. So, hey, we just worship in Jesus, amen. <laughs> and so I was worshiping God, and I said, God, you know, I'm very simple. I'm very, very simple-minded, little Cajun boy. Men from the hood, amen, shouldn't even be here, should be in prison, but thank God. And so I said, God, what does it mean to give you glory? And he said, well, you singing it, you don't know what it means? I said, I don't know what, I don't know what I'm doing. He said, then why are you doing it? I said, well, I'm just going to quit then and sit down. <laughs> so I'm sitting down and people think you're rude when you sit down, but I'm talking to God, having a conversation with the Lord, you know, I'm supposed to preach. And, and I said, what do you mean I'm giving you glory? He said, well, the only way to know how to give me glory is you have to go in the word. Because my greatest and only example in the scripture is Jesus. How he did it is the only way it can be done. It will never change. Times might change. Styles might change. Way of saving people might change. But the way Jesus did what he did is an eternal impact on mankind. And I don't change the way Jesus did it. And Jesus was walking one day, and there was a little blind boy. And Jesus stopped, and all the religious people looked at him and said, Why is he blind? Did he sin? You see, sometimes when you have trouble, people always blame that you must have done something wrong for the trouble to come to you. That's what religion does. What did you do for God's curse or God's wrath to come on you? But sometimes it just happens. I said, sometimes you just wake up one day and trouble is there. So I'm sure the little blind boy is like, mm, I can't even see the sin. 
I mean, people leave me where I'm going to go. It ain't my fault why I end up somebody brought me here. You know, I mean, and they said, well, if he didn't do it, then his mom and daddy sin. And he said, nope, his mom and daddy ain't the cause either. And Jesus said, this is here so that God can receive glory. And Jesus laid his natural and the supernatural glory of God came through him and healed that young boy's eyes. So if you're going to give God some glory, you have to operate in the supernatural. That's how you give God glory. When you move in the supernatural power that God's already gave you, stop waiting to receive it. Stir up what you've already got. I can't give you more than what God's already gave you. Hey, 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 hey. Uh, God bless him. God covered him with divine protection. Man, God does a lot with one word, don't he? I'm like, I'm going to preach a whole sermon on one word. Ain't there something? That Hebrew and Greek boy just said, thank you for that strong concordance. Thank you, Jesus, for that strong concordance. They used to have that big old book, but thank God for an app. <sighs> I got like 20 books on one little tablet. So my wife, don't put nothing else on here. That's all we're going to put. So I can't even put them on here. Ask my wife, baby, please. <laughs> my wife can't watch me text. My wife's like this, like talking to me. I'm like, man, my thumbs would be all cramped up and swollen. Mm, I ain't hurting myself like that, boo. She's like, give me your phone. What you want to say? I said, well, they're not going to stand it if you say it the way you're going to say it. She's like, oh, that's true. Here you go, boo. Just go ahead and do your thing. She's like, I hope you ain't going to say a whole lot. That's why my texts are real short. That's why I love WhatsApp. You get that voice note. You can just hit it and just talk. Thank you, Jesus, for some WhatsApp. They told me, yeah, what's happened to the devil? I said, whatever, it's of God for me. See, some things can be for the devil for somebody else, and they can just be a blessing for you. Come on now, amen? I'm like, whatever. People see more of the devil and stuff than they ever see the glory of God and stuff. Ain't that something? I preached at a UPC church. I don't know if y'all have them here, but you have to have a bun. Your dress got to drag the ground. Can't show none of your skin is sin. Come on now. And for some people, it is sin, I think. But anyway, that's between them and God, you know. And the man got to wear suits and tie to go buy me a suit and a tie. Whenever I go preach somewhere, I flow with the house. I don't come in the house and try to have my own agenda or bring this division. Come on now. Or correction. That's the pastor's job. Thank God for pastors. Amen. I just come in, blow in, blow up, and blow out. That's the way I roll. That's just the way I do. I'm here to bring unity. I'm here to bear fruit. If I leave, if mercy and grace and fruit don't remain, then I didn't do my job. Come on now. Amen. I want to leave people changed and people blessed, people supporting the house more, people supporting the vision more. People arrive and revive to better come back and help hold the church up. And the pastor said, many hands make a light load. But this, the pastor's wife was up there leading praise and worship. And she, you know when you over there, they're having a known service. Whenever you, you dance so much, the bun comes undone. You know, so, oh, my God. The Holy Spirit moved this morning. Jesus. Her whole bond came out. I mean, all the bobby pins are flying everywhere. I'm like, Lord, Jesus, I thought I left combat. They got metal stuff flying at me. Lord, I didn't wear my flight vest and my helmet next time, amen. Bring my slingshot and shoot them back at her. And, but they had feedback in the sound system, you know, a lot of feedback, a lot of, a lot of feedback. And whatever, you know, I don't understand what she's saying anyway, so I'm praying the Holy Ghost. And she stopped the whole praise and worship for Jesus to rebuke the demon out the monitor. Now, I never seen a demon in a monitor, so you got my curiosity now. I'm like, what, a demon in a monitor? Where's that in a monitor, Lord? I don't know. I never seen a demon in a monitor. Is it in this monitor? It must be this one over here with no demon over there. She's rebuking it. Now she got the whole prayer team up there anointed the monitor. They took about all my sermon, amen, time to rebuke the demon out the monitor. And when I left that demon with David, I said, let's unplug the monitor. Come on now. I mean, Lord God, you spend more time rebuking the devil than hearing the word and worshiping Jesus. I don't rebuke the devil during praise and worship. I don't rebuke the devil whenever I'm preaching. I rebuke the devil when it's time to rebuke the devil. Come on, somebody. And most of the time, I don't even give him that time. I'm going to look, if God allowed it to come in my life, then God evidently is going to teach me something through it. All I know is all things shall work together for my good. Every attack I've ever faced, I came out blessed. Come on, Amen. You ever pray for God to get rid of something, and then years later you look back and go, if I wouldn't have went through that, I wouldn't be where I am today. Yeah. Now you got to repent to the devil. I'm sorry, devil. I'm, I didn't mean to get you out of the way. <laughs> I get tired of asking the devil for forgiveness. Sick and tired of it. I used to preach for years. You know, the thief comes, steal, kill, and destroy. The thief was the devil, the devil, the devil. Then finally God woke me up one morning. 
and said, come on, man, come on, look at it again. Use your Bible. And that word thief there means false doctrine, false teaching. Has nothing to do with Satan. There I am again, Satan. Just, can you forgive me one more time? Just... When you don't have the right word, you don't have no power in what you preach. When you don't have the truth, the supernatural can't flow through you. You have to be willing to let your doctrine change. Come on now. To be willing to make who you are change. Always ever growing, increasing in the faith and the knowledge of the word. Lord, don't let me ever stop learning. I mean, I learn from everybody. Every time I see JD, I see freedom. Freedom. I said, God, I want to be that free. Amen. When I get up there and do a jig for Jesus, it don't have no rhythm. It don't have no sense. It don't make no, nothing to do with the song. So that brother dancing to the words. He ain't dancing to the beat. But he's free. And you might sit there and talk about him, but you wish you were free like that too, don't you? Mm-hmm. God said, I've given you divine protection. I've given you and your family divine protection. You know, it's amazing to me that God told Adam, don't eat of this tree. The day you do, you're going to die. And Eve went over there and grabbed whatever it was. We call it an apple, but whatever. In America, apple, they keep the doctor away. So I ain't, I, apples can't be bad, so it couldn't have been an apple. I don't think it matters what the fruit was. It was just the principle behind it. But he, he, he's watching his wife take something off that tree and eat it. Now, he knows all hell fitting to break loose. I don't know what hell is. I don't know what curse is. But God said, as soon as we eat from there, something fitting to happen. And he watching Eve chew that apple, making that thing look so good. Like, man, that sure, that sure look good. You know, I was mad at Adam for many, many years. I'm thinking, brother, if you wouldn't have. I mean, seriously, bro? Seriously? Thorns and the sweat of my brow because of you and you. But then I thought, you know, he was the only man on earth. And there was no woman around. And now God got him following that woman with all that junk in her trunk. I'm thinking, well, I'd have probably ate the apple too. I'd have made apple gumbo and apple roast. I'd have had apple all kind of ways. What else you want me to do, babe? What else we fit to eat? We're going to hell together if we're going to go, right? We're going together. But when Eve ate, nothing happened. Nothing happened when Eve ate. Nothing happened. Because God told Adam, come on now, when you eat, something going to happen. As long as somebody in the family keeps serving God, the death angel has to pass over the rest of them. I'm not just serving him for me. I'm serving him for my crazy family back in Louisiana. I'm serving him for my daughter that's still on drugs. I'm holding up the standard and the practice of worshiping and serving my God because my protection protects my whole everything connected to me is blessed because of me. See, why I can't just go crazy and do what I want to do. It's too much at risk, too much at stake. Hey. God said he blessed them to make them accepted in his kingdom. What makes you accepted is the blessing of God. The greatest blessing God ever gave us was his son. You know, if you don't feel like you're worth anything, then God would have gave a dog on the cross. He gave a cow on the cross, whatever you think you're equal to on the cross. But he gave his only. He gave the most valuable thing. He gave the thing that was supposed to get in his inheritance. Come on now, amen. Supposed to take his place one day. He gave everything that was of him in authority and in power, able to speak, able to do, able to walk. Everything that can manifest the way God can't manifest, he gave his best. So in other words, when he looked at what he was going to pay for you, he said you were equal to the best he had. So he looked at you as equal to what Christ was in his life. You can't tell me I ain't worth nothing. Too late. God then gave everything for me. He went bankrupt for me. Amen. It didn't matter what it cost him. He knew if I sow a seed in their life, I'm going to get a harvest of sons and a harvest of daughters. My God. God blessed him. The word, and this word blessed, it just goes on and on. I was like, Jesus, it's going to end, Lord. I kept scrolling. Is it going to end, Jesus? It also means he made them holy and blameless. When God bless him, he said, you're holy and you're blameless. You know, the American church is really in a lot of trouble. They don't know they are. Self-deception is real deception. 
And, you know, and so uh, they think that, you know, I'm a sinner. You know, I'm still a sinner. And I'm saved by grace and all this stuff. I'm like, well, then you can't read the epistles. Because Paul wrote the epistles to the saints. He didn't write them to the sinner. You got to figure out who you are because you can't be both. You're either a child of God or you're a child of the devil. You can't serve both of them. I'm sorry, it don't work that way. Salt and fresh water can't come out the same well. Come on now. If you're a son of God, then say, I am a son of God or a daughter of God. That's who I am. I'm not a sinner anymore. Why? Because the sinner done been buried. He done died. And God made a new creation in Christ whenever he made me. I might still look like him, but I'm not him. Trust me, you don't want him to be resurrected. Trust me. You leave that brother in the grave, Lord Jesus. Evan and then a hand come out and get back in there. What's wrong with you? You ever had that old dead thing want to come back? I was on the airplane, that stewardess messed around and locked the two bathrooms in front of me. She locked them. I watched her lock them. You know, I'm very observant. I pay a little bit of attention. She locked the bathrooms. So I'm thinking, well, I don't know why. But anyway, you know, I'm not a stewardess. And then, man, people trying to get in, it's locked. People trying to get in. We've only been in flight like two hours. It's locked. It's locked. So finally, I had to go. And when you have to go, that's your problem. But when I have to go, we finna figure it out. Because you can't open the window on a plane. You know what I'm saying? So, and I ain't got that many bottles. They've been around my seat. But uh, I said, Lord, somebody finna get some relief. The pilots got their own bathroom. They go knock on their door. Hey, brother. Amen. Let a brother in. Them girls are locking everything out there. And I said, ma'am, can you please unlock the bathroom? She said, no, we can't. I said, why not? She said, well, anytime the seatbelt light is lit up, the door is automatically locked. Now, I'm looking at you like you were lying to my face. I wouldn't sleep. I said, okay, so you're telling me that when he turns on the seatbelt light, the bathroom's automatically locked. She said, yes, sir. I said, I've been flying 35 years. I've never heard of that happening or seen that happening. I'm thinking to myself, the old man's trying to come out the grave on this girl, you know. And I'm thinking about, I want to say, you are lying to me. Come on, let me show you how to lock and unlock that door. I said, all right, ma'am, thank you so much. Be blessed, you know. She walked away. I'm looking, I went straight to the bathroom, figured out the little thing. It does come up. Oh, my God. She needed a hairpin. I had my finger, my pinky finger. Eh! Unlocked that door. Went and did my business. Came back out. Closed the door. Locked it back. Amen. Went back sat down. <laughs> well, the old man next to me was like, brother, how'd you get that bathroom door unlocked? Can you unlock it for me? <sighs> Yes, sir. Jumped up, unlocked it for him, locked it back. Went back, sat down. Then the old lady on the other side said, son. I'm like, what did you start up in here? Have you done started some? So I just left them unlocked. Then the students came back and seen they was unlocked. She's looking around. I'm sleeping now. Didn't give me no water. Gave me a cold sandwich. She was not happy with Prophet Bobby. I tell you that right now. That woman was... She didn't wave by, thinking, thanks for the trip. Thinking, Jesus. Next time I'm going to bring my, like one of them bladder things. They said, can you empty my bladder thing for me? <laughs> you won't let me go, carry it, empty it for me. I'll break you out of that bad habit. It's your job to clean the bathroom. Come on now. God made them holy. God made them blameless. He had to prophesy over their spirit before their flesh can get in the way. Mm. God has already spoken a word over you in life. So death can, has no rule, no reign over you. This is why whenever we are lost and in the world, even backslidden, we are miserable. Why? Because the prophetic word from God cannot return void. Whatever God said over you has to be. You can't outrun the word God's already spoken. You can't drink the word away. I, I didn't been so drunk, I had to put both feet on the floor. And the room kept on spinning. So I got up and started spinning with the room. I said, well, we're going to spin, let's spin, Jesus. But the word of God was still in here. And I always heard God say, I got more for you. I got more for you than you just being like your father. I got more for you than be, you being on drugs like your mother. I got more for you. It just kept hitting me on the inside. And thanks be to God, it bothered me so much that even in a coma, the word of God came to me. And I said, God, just take my life. And God said, son, I'm going to be your father, and I'm going to be the mother you never had. Amen. And he said, never try to live for me. Learn to live from me. He said, I'm going to be your peace, and I'm going to be your joy, and I'm going to be your worth, and I'm going to be your approval. People going to have an opinion. Opinion, but I only speak the truth about you. You're my son in whom I'm well pleased. Whew, my God, it'll never leave us. One more sheep. Thank you, Jesus. One more sheep. He also said to be fruitful. Now he said, you're blessed. And then he said, be fruitful. 
Now, to be blessed, to receive the word, to really stand in what God wants you, you got to be fruitful, amen, because God's word always produces fruit. And in order to be fruitful, you have to be planted. Some people I talk to, God moves them about every six months to another church. And they wonder why they're never growing. And the pastor's always wrong and they're always right. Look, if everybody can't be wrong in your life. I'm sorry, amen. Sooner or later, you're looking at me and go, fool, it's you. It's you, boo. That's why people didn't stay in my church too long like that. I just told them like a T.I. is. You going to come over here? Oh, that church down the road. Oh, my God, the worship's so good. I'm like, well, why did you leave? Why don't you go there now? I'm sure they fit in the worship right now. You still early. Don't come over here trying to downgrade what I got. I'm working with what I got. And if my praise and worship team cut up, I got me a DVD. I said, we're going to have Kim Walker Sunday. Kim Walker's coming. Mm-hmm. Yes, she is. She sure is. We're having Kim Walker live. Live. Oh, my. That's what the album said. I'm just reading with the, I ain't lying. The album said Kim Walker live. I said, that's just going to be live. I had a big old screen. I put her on there. And we, we had a best praise and worship time. My praise and worship team looking at me like he is crazy. You know, Pastor Crazy. We got $250,000 worth of sound equipment that we can't use because this brother, amen, won't let us cut up and do worship at the same time. No, 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 no. You ain't going to talk bad about me and want to get on my platform. I'm going to give you something to talk about me about. If you're talking about me, I'm going to help you. He said, I will. You don't like me anyway, so what I got to lose? <laughs> Just how I am. The truth will set you free. Sometimes it'll make you mad. <laughs> Lady one time come up to you with a dressing. How's it look? I'm thinking, I can't comment on that. I ain't going to say nothing right there, Lord. You ain't put me in that trap. I said, go ask my wife. Because women are lie to each other. Oh, girl, that's so good on you. That's so pretty on you. Oh, my God. Turn around. Oh, my God. I'm like, it covered the front. Beautiful. But the back has some issues. I was like, we got a bunch of issues in the back. And whatever. All that stuff. Mm-mm. And my wife, oh, sister, it just brings out your eyes. I'm thinking, it might bring out one eye, but I don't know about the other one. I don't know if I want to open up both eyes and look at that girl. But anyway, you know, my wife just elbowed me the whole time. Pray for her. In order to bear fruit, you have to be planted. Anything that grows overnight is a weed. Anything that grows overnight is a weed. Amen. I'm not impressed with splashing the pans. I don't care how much word you know. Come on now. If you ain't been through nothing, you don't deserve to preach. All this looks good. People, oh, I want the platform. I want the microphone. I want, I, they, they worship this table and they worship this microphone and they worship, oh, I wish Pastor would pick me. All the, you got to worship God. You got to walk with God for a time. You can't give marriage counseling unless you needed marriage counseling. You can't tell me, amen, how to spend my money and you broke. It's amazing how broke people want to tell you how to spend your money. They driving up in a hoopty. The neighbor had to bring them to church. I'm going to tell you, you need to buy this car. I'm like, where's your car? What makes you a car expert? Come on now, amen. I want to see the fruit in your life before I dare to go and try and pluck some wisdom off of you. If you got the fruit in your life, then I can receive from you. But if you don't have no fruit, shut up, sit down, and be quiet. Come on now. Most of us know too much to be corrected. The worst thing a person could tell me when they came to my church is, if I ever say anything, if I'm ever disobedient, pastor, you have the authority to correct me. I'm like, you ain't going to be here about a month. <laughs> so I'd have you clean the toilets and do, why are you excited about it? Do this and do that. Give my other people a break that have been faithful. Come on now. And say, look, you need to give all you want to give. Just give. I'm trying to get all the money I can from you because I know you're fitting to leave. So as soon as I correct you, well, you gone. Pastor don't love me. Not loving you is letting you run into the brick wall you're finna run into. Not loving you is letting you recycle the same thing you've been doing time after time. That, that's not loving you. The truth is that you need to straighten up, get a changed mind, get inside the word, stand still for one time and stop running from your problem and face that thing head on. It might turn out to be a blessing on the other side of it. You know, when the enemy attacks me, I always thank him. Like I told y'all last night, I didn't know how to pray about the COVID. I'm like, look, this virus has been blessing me from day one, Lord. I'm getting $5,000 more a month ever since the virus hit. Let them keep coughing. You know, I know some people die, but some people, sometimes people got to go, you know. But I said, look, 
The American church, they rapture ready. They just waiting. To, I want to go be with Jesus. I said, that's easy. Get on top of the roof and go head first, and you'll be with Jesus in about a second. <laughs> they crying. And, oh, I just want to be with the Lord. I'm like, well, what are you crying for? That's easy. That's easy. You can see him face to face today, right now. Now, don't recall what I'm saying because you're going to put them charges on me. If you're on the ground dead, and what happened? They wanted to go be with Jesus. I, there they are. I don't know. Leave me in your will before you do it. Just put me in the will. I've been on adoption for 53 years. Go ahead and adopt me before you go. Everything going to be all right. You have to be willing to bear fruit. Why? Because the next thing he said was multiply. And too many people want to multiply and they're not bearing fruit. So you're multiplying chaos. You're multiplying rebellion. You're multiplying church hopping. You're multiplying gossip. Why? Because you don't have no fruit in your life. But what you, my wife loves roses, and that girl's going to get plenty of them. Amen. And I did a study one time on roses. I don't even know why I did it, but I did it because she loved it probably. You know, my favorite color used to be blue until I got married. Now it's red. <laughs> and my wife said, you just did it because you married me. I'm like, I don't know why, but that's my favorite color. I have a lot of blue clothes I got to see wear, but anyway, my favorite color is red. And I did a study, and all the thorns on that rose had the opportunity to be a rose. But they stopped drawing nourishment from the root, and they dried up and became a thorn. So whenever you stop growing and drawing nourishment from the word of God and the house of God, you become a thorn in the man of God's side. And Paul says, stop frustrating the grace of God. Don't multiply. Don't you dare try and be a leader and try and lead some people and try and counsel some people and try and tell some people what to do until you have the fruit in your life. Because all you're going to do is multiply the same chaos you're dealing with. The problem ain't the devil. The problem is inside the church. Oh, it done got tight. You see? Y'all happy I'm leaving now, huh? Okay. <laughs> Multiply. Increase. Increase. The next thing he did, he said to replenish. To replenish. To always refill yourself. I've learned something about revival and the moves of God. And the reason why God moves so strong here is most of the people here know how to fill themselves up. Y'all know I'm crazy, but I had a lady in my church. She was leaving. Thank God. <gasps> I was like, Lord, kill her. <laughs> but he didn't want her in the cloud with him. He's like, no, I'm going to give her a long life. I'm like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, this poor woman. Lord, help her, Lord. <sighs> the psychiatrist needed a psychiatrist after he talked to her. He was like, mm-mm. He called me up, is that one of your, they call it one of your people, whatever they call them people in your church. I'm like, uh, why? <laughs> that woman needs some help. I'm thinking, yeah, that's her. That is her. <laughs> she came to me. She said, look, I'm not getting fed here. I said, well, you only come to church once a week. And she had a little weight issue. So I said, why don't you try eating once a week and see how that works out for you? Try that for a little while. Fast the mother seven to six days and just eat you one meal and see how your flesh going to react. How dare you come to church and just eat what's being fed here? Monday, you should eat again what's being fed here. Dig more in the word. Come on now. And still worship Tuesday. It's a lifestyle. And whenever you come back next Sunday, you ought to be more fuller than whenever you left this Sunday. Come on. Why? Because you don't come to church needing to be filled and refilled, whatever. I come to church full. People say, oh, you don't want to pray and fast? I did that already. How in the world am I going to come to South Africa and now I got to lock myself up for six hours and not visit with nobody and not be a blessing and be in the green room somewhere because I'm so holy and need to hear from God. Can't do praise and worship. Oh, my God. Them brothers, get on my nerve, my last nerve. <laughs> you got to learn how to feel yourself. People say, oh, you hurt my self-esteem. I said, it's called self-esteem. Esteem yourself. <laughs> I don't know a lot about the English language, but I know that word. <laughs> self-esteem. Esteem yourself. Refill yourself. What do you do when the enemy hits? Put on some worship. Come on now. The enemy can't stand the worship. He can't be around worship. Confusion, demons, whatever you think you're seeing cannot be around worship. I learned just to put on the worship. When we first got the four kids, uh, my, my son had been so traumatically abused, he woke up screaming all night long. And I'm like, brother, I love you, but I got to work in the morning, and you finna mess that up, you know. 
It's the eighth day. He did it every day for like 45 days. He would just scream all night, poor baby. Just scream all day, all night, screaming, screaming. He had rash and all kinds of stuff. We got him bald head. They put him in that car seat. He lived in a car seat. And so um, then we finally got him out, got him secure. And I told my wife, put on some worship in his room. As soon as she put the worship on, he shut up. He ain't done it again. He's seven. My other, uh, the baby girl, Jazz, we got her when she was three days old. She was hooked on meth. Her little leg was twisted, one of her eyes was in her head, and they said she'd be autistic, and she had seizures every 45 minutes. And the doctor said, don't get too close to her, because she's premature, and one seizure can kill her easily. So don't get too close to her. It was wait a while, going to take about four months before this, the withdrawals from the meth gets out of her system. My wife said, the devil is a lie. And she put worship on, and my daughter was in my closet. We have a big walk-in closet in her little baby bed. She put some worship on, and that baby, it took about two weeks. The seizures left. If you've seen her today, she just went to the eye doctor. She went to the eye doctor last week. She had to wear glasses, you know, her little eyes straight now. Everyone in wants to wonder, but she's just trying to look two places. She knows it. She just knows it. I said, girl, you so nosy. You can't see two things at one time. And she went to the eye. She hates wearing glasses, and she wouldn't wear them that much. And my wife said, let me go ahead and take you back. I have to get you another pair of glasses because you lost some other pair again. It be kind of like pastors at Keys. But anyway, she lost some, <laughs> lost some glasses. Uh, I, I told Apostle, we all in this. If you're on the front row, you're finna get hit. That's why I did a sign of the cross. I'm like, mm-mm, Lord Jesus, here we go. Here we go. And she went to the eye doctor and came back with no glasses. I'm like, what happened? My eyes are perfect. At school, they want to have a special class for her because she's right below genius level. And, and everybody thought she was autistic. No, she's just so smart that she thinks your conversation is stupid. <laughs> she's looking at me like, whatever. I'll go ahead and play with my Barbies. You ain't saying nothing. <laughs> replenish. Everybody say replenish. replenish. If you leave here empty, it's your fault. If you stay empty during the week, it's your fault. Don't blame the house. Don't blame the man and woman of God. Don't blame the praise and worship team. Come on, we're doing everything we can do. It's called self-esteem. Replenish yourself. We all have a part in this. Because whenever you come forward, it takes the pressure off the ministry. Then it's a celebration. Instead of, oh God, fill us again, Jesus. Then revival hits. Because revivals work. I was in a year-long revival in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. The church started with 250, and when I left, there was 1,800 people there. Charisma Magazine actually did an article on it and everything. And I told the pastor, look, we're not Brownsville. This going every day is killing me. I got stuff to do. I, got, so I live three hours away. I got family. I got a job. I got stuff. So I'll be here Friday and Saturday, but you're going to preach Sunday. Have me preaching every service. You're going to preach Sunday. And he said, brother, you know what? You go ahead and leave. We got the revival now. We don't need you. I said, well, I don't know where it was when I wasn't here. I said, but brother, receive it. About three months later, he called me, brother, please come back. Everybody's leaving. <laughs> Holy Ghost ain't moving. Nobody getting healed. Nobody getting filled. My leadership coming against me. I said, no, no, brother, you got it. You go ahead and get what you got. Amen. Get you some. You know, and I said, brother, I will go back, but I'm only going to preach one service once a week. And I'm doing it for the people. I'm not doing it for you. And I said, you can't give me an offering, so you ain't going to tell nobody I'm there for the money. People, these people had a lot of money, and it may have been, not have been God when I said that, but, you know, every now and then you say something, and you go, I shouldn't have said that like that. And missed my blessing. And God moved, and then charisma came in, people flying in. It was a big deal in America, big deal for a long time. But I kept hearing my name, and hearing my name, and hearing my name. I said, you know what, Jesus, you're not getting enough glory here. These people are looking at me and not looking to you. So I'm their source. I'm their, I'm here, got to feed them and feed them. I'm starving. Come on now, body falling apart, tired feet, dogs barking. You know, your feet hurt when they bark. You know, the Lord, when I went to the bathroom this morning, I was like talking to my feet. Come on, we can do it. Come on, we can do it. We can do it. So God said, that's what older people do. When they walk around, they're talking, they're mumbling. They're not crazy. They're talking to their body like, come on, we can move. It's just right there. It's just right there. It's just right there. You're almost there. See, you're almost there. Almost. You're almost. Almost there. Come on, you can do it. We think they're mumbling. They're not mumbling. They're talking to their body. Come on, you can do it. But you have another heart attack. <laughs> anyway, what I found out, he was stealing all the money, and the FBI came in and shut the whole thing down. So I didn't have to stop it. The FBI did it for me. And he said, oh, it was, it was Prophet Bobby. So they tried. They looked through everything. They got, mm, we got videotape and everything. It was you. <laughs> I'm like, trying to put some more charges on the brother. Come on now. 
then he says, subdue it. Subdue it. Bring it under control to conquer, to defeat by force. God said, I've given you the power to subdue whatever's trying to subdue you. Before that thing ever grabbed you, God already gave you the authority to break it. That's why I don't believe in deliverance. All I have to do is lift my hand and say, thank you, Father, this thing has broken off my life because you gave me the power in your word and your spirit. It has to go in Jesus' name. I had a sister one time, she said, I've been smoking cigarettes for 50 years. I have lung cancer. She had oxygen on and everything else. You know, she was doing all that stuff. Jesus. You know, she's smoking a cigarette on one side of her mouth. Had the oxygen. I'm like, gee, now oxygen is flammable. I'm like, you stay over there, girl. I've been through enough explosions. Do sign language. Write it on a card or something. Make big print. My eyes getting bad. She had that cigarette. So I, I just can't break it. I can't break it. I said, do you really want to, you really want to, Whatever you say, prophet. I said, go to the hardware store and buy you a big hammer. <laughs> Put that hammer and that pack of cigarettes on the table. And with one hand, we want to grab them cigarettes, grab the hammer with the other hand, and hit your hand and say, no, in Jesus' name. <laughs> you ain't going to do it again. <laughs> Delivered. I said, that hammer never reached them cigarettes again. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. <laughs> It'll grab that hammer, but it ain't going to grab them cigarettes no more. She just rolled off in a wheelchair like this brother here and lost his mind. <laughs> Smoking them cigarettes. <laughs> I used to smoke two years ago. And I mean, they got so expensive. I'm like, Lord, I, I can do better things with my money. Free me. Amen. That's before I was saved. I got delivered from smoking. Amen. Then I started chewing tobacco. You know, thought, well, I'm going to get nicotine one kind of way or the other way. Then God put me in a desert for nine months, 11 months with no support, no water, no nothing. I didn't have no spit to spit. So there went my dipping habit. God delivered me from everything through the military. I mean, to bring under control. Don't let anything control you but the Spirit of God. That's why I can't be addicted to anything. And whatever I do, that's why my friend, a lot of my preacher friends, they play golf, you know. And I'm like, let me get this right. You hit that ball as hard as you can. Then you go find that little white ball. <laughs> and you hit that ball as hard as you can. You go find that little white ball. <laughs> you hit that. I'm like, no, brother. I, I, mm, no. I'd rather go rabbit hunting or something. Man, I'd bring some meat home. I'm not going to hit that ball. They're like, yeah, but whenever you hit it just right, it makes that sound. And then you're addicted. I'm like, oh, I can't be addicted to a game. I'm addicted to the Holy Ghost. I'm addicted to Jesus. Look, I'm not against golf. You play golf, tennis, whatever you do. I mean, that's your business. But I can't let it be the thing I desire more than getting in the word, more than worshiping God, more than serving the house of God. Come on now. I always orchestrate things around what God's called me to do. You got to learn to bring it under control. He said, have dominion. I'm almost done. This is the last one. Yeah, have dominion. To rule. The word dominion here means to rule and to remove what doesn't need to be there. You have the authority in your life to remove what doesn't need to be there, even if it's a person. Now, if it's your husband, <laughs> you said, I do. <laughs> Adultery, abandonment, and abuse is my only three ways I tell women, I'll go on, you, don't need to be, you know, that's between you and God, make the decision, but that's what I Adultery, you're free. If he's beating you to death, you know, I don't believe no woman should be beat by no man. I tell him, just ball you some grease on the stove. And when he comes home, throw it in his lap. He'll never hit you again. <laughs> the men are like, mm, 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 mm. <laughs> We in church, Lord, forgive me. We in church. <laughs> I don't believe in abusing nobody, especially a woman or children. No, no, no. You're not a man. Because most of the time when men abuse women, they're mad at themselves. And instead of fixing themselves, they're always blaming on somebody else. Come on, uh, God's giving you dominion. That's why I, use, I talk about that block button on your phone. Why am I going to let somebody have my number and have, be in my Facebook, whatever account, however you say them things. Uh, we don't have Instagram or TikTok or all the other stuff. Facebook is enough for me. You know, I'm like, I don't even do that that much. So if you see anything with the, the sentences correct and they have the period and all the words make sense, I didn't post it. <laughs> it may be one word, but a bunch of crazy stuff behind it. That's me. And it's going to be rare, so take a picture. But we have all these technology that we can block people out of our lives, but we continue to let the same people in and hurt us again and hurt us again and gossip about us again. And God said, you got to quit trying to blame them and blame you. God said, I've given you the authority to block them people out your life. Amen. Amen. 
Love don't hurt. Come on now. Love loves. Love forgives. Listen to me. If you don't celebrate me, I don't want to be around people who just tolerate me. I want to be around people who celebrate me. Amen. And whenever you get blessed, I want to get excited about your blessing. And when I get blessed, I want you to get excited about my blessing. Don't look at me like, oh, God ain't did that for me. Well, that's between you and God. Come on now. I've learned. I'm going to get my blessing whether you get mad, whatever, happy, whatever. I've been broke. I don't like broke. I like being blessed. When godly kings take over the world, take dominion, God gives you the anointing to tear down, to destroy the works of the enemy. So the kingdom, the way I look at the world, the stronger the world gets, lets me know the weaker the church is. Because in revival hit, if you study revival, jails were shut down. Hospitals was closed down. Come on now. Why? Because the church was so strong, sin couldn't do anything but leave. So whenever sin starts taking over and chaos starts taking over, that's letting me know the church is getting weaker. It ain't the world's fault. They're doing what they're supposed to do. It's the church's fault. We're not pressing in like we're supposed to press in and take dominion over this thing and break this thing in Jesus' name. Come on now. And demand, God, we need revival. We need a supernatural move of God. And God said, you got it on the inside of you. Just let it go. Amen. Quit everything else and just say, God, I'm seeking revival. I'm running after the mandate of God. I want the anointing of God in my life to bring breakthrough in everything in me. Amen. The anointing destroys the yoke. The anointing destroys the yoke. The anointing delivers you. The anointing breaks the habit. The anointing sets you free. It's the anointing. One second of the anointing can do more than 10 years of counseling. The anointing. When I go to America, they're going to find all kinds of demons in you. And they're going to reschedule you for another $300 an hour session. God has his hand on our lives. Before we ever were, he already prophesied, gave us everything we needed to be, to become. I can't stand up here and take any credit for where I'm at. The only thing I can tell you is that I've never learned how to tell God no. People say, well, I don't know what to do. Just keep doing what you do until God tells you no. Because if God didn't say no, he said yes. So I just keep on doing what I'm doing. I'm not going to stand there and do nothing. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. Because what I'm doing got me to the place where I had a decision. When you get a prophetic word, just put it up. And just keep doing what you're doing that got you to get the word. And keep doing what you're doing so you'll get the word to come to pass in your life. Amen. Amen.